0: Welcome back to another episode of the Smoke Pit. I'm here with a special guest today, and it's Nick Cumulatos, a co-author, author of four books, an entrepreneur, an a great husband, a great dad, and a good friend, Nick Cumulatos. How you doing, Nick?
1: Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. I guess technically a former boss. Former
0: boss, yes. Former boss.
1: Yeah. Sometimes if I, still, I see you, I'm like, Shit. Let shave my mustache. Trim <laughs> um, sure my hair, maybe get a yeah. haircut. <laughs> the you hair. weren't really bad about that. There's uh, there only one time, and you must have been getting heat for it. Uh, we were in Iraq, and I had the most shittiest... <laughs> I, don't, it was,
0: I don't know if they call that a mustache, though. It
1: was more of like a, a flavor saver than it was, it was a, a mustache, fl- yes. <laughs> dude. It was in my younger years. Yes. facial growth. Yes, um, Stories to tell the grandkids. I, I remember you were like, I don't know how you even said it. You are like, can we just trim it up a little bit? Just a tad. Just a tad. Get
0: get, get out of your mouth so you're yes. not tasting your food for the second time at the end of the day. Oh, man.
1: It was good. It was, it was Iraq, right? Yeah, it, that's what it was. Give a fuck meter on everybody there was like not that high. No. Not, not in that not in that world anyway.
0: No, especially during that time frame. You yeah. figure
1: 06 was it was a surge.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit of a a, a lot going on. There was a lot. Yeah,
1: for our de- our deployment for sure. Oh shit, yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, we uh as a company, we did really well across the board. We had we took a lot of casualties though. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest stick in my heart was that, you know, we couldn't protect a few guys that I mean, did was, pass. But it's
1: part of the job. But overall, we did re- I mean, as Depart from that. It was horrible, right? Yeah. Stuff that we still carry with us today. We did really good. Our those platoons now looking, you know, being the age that I am now, you know, you, that you are, my personal opinion, looking back, it was like, wow, we did for the, as young as we were, the men doing the job. Oh yeah.
0: Without a doubt. Look at Tony's platoon. Those <laughs> guys are all brand new ARS all, guys. BRC they're all, dudes. They're all babies. Yeah. We take them yeah. to Hawaii and like, they, they didn't know what the shit or wine or watch sometimes are like. We're training in Hawaii. We're yeah. in the training area, freezing so, our butts off. So for
1: those who don't know, uh, Stu was my, my ops chief for, what, almost two years.
0: Yeah, two, three years. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And then Phil took the company ops chief, yeah. and I got promoted to platoon sergeant for a little while. And just get, real quick, that for the, those that don't know, give them your background.
0: Uh, 26 years in the Marine Corps. 25 and a half of that was within the recon community. I just spent three years in MARSOC to run the, school so- the schoolhouse. I wasn't a MARSOC Marine. I was a... Recon no, you were there to... You were there to- <laughs> I was there to teach these MARSOC No, you were guys. there to
1: get rid of MARSOC <laughs> Yeah, I was. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it's- we will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't drinking no Kool-Aid. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... That's, Where'd you
1: start out in recon?
0: Uh, my, I started out as the 2nd Recon Battalion right out okay. of uh, SOI. Uh, I was very fortunate for me as a, uh, as a Marine to get out. I mean, the funny thing is that in, in boot camp, I had two drone instructors that were, one was Force Recon, uh, Sergeant Black, and another one who was Recon Battalion, which was Sergeant Ortiz. Yeah. And those two guys, I just. What year was this? Let's just put a date on this okay, motherfucker. Okay, it was 1986. Damn.
1: <laughs> and, so,
0: and some of the listeners out there probably weren't even born yet or constantly, you know. No, definitely not. Yeah. Know. 1986. Yeah. I went to Marine Corps. Uh,
1: I love seeing your guys' old photos, like when I came in, and <laughs> yeah. like the old 80 recon. Like, you think you're tough. You know, we have a lot of equipment. We have a lot of no, new tech. We have yeah. a lot of abilities and different things like that. But I feel like back then it was just grit.
0: That's all it was. I mean, you didn't have anything. Yeah. I mean, you're carrying 77s with the 57. I mean, the right. weight right there was 23 pounds without batteries. Then you had to add your batteries. So now your Ruck's 110 pounds. And, and guys
1: complain 85. now. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they weighed,
0: their total <laughs> kit weighs about 45 pounds. they are like, oh, my God, this is heavy. Dude, my first kit weighed <laughs> 80 pounds. It's like, you know, at it's, it's the end of the day, Obviously, the military evolves, but yeah. the UDT shorts and the black silkies will never go out of style. Never. Uh, I can't fit them over my damn legs, but I still have my original <laughs> UDTs. My wife's like, "Did you ever have a shirt on when you were taking pictures?" I'm like, "Why? When you look as good as I did then, there's no reason." But to put- there
1: were no. If you look at the old float boards of the old 80s and early 90s, nobody had shirts on, nope. and it was just UDTs.
0: UDTs I'm or sure. surf and sand. If yeah, had, yeah. It, it's how it's evolved, and people got away from that. You know, if you think about it. Back in there, we were talking camaraderie on my last show. Yeah. And our if you my team, I had the same team for four years as second Recon battalion. We went to Saudi together, but we we partied together. Our platoons were at each other's houses. Our yeah. our wives and our girlfriends knew each other. So when we got deployed, the platoon that was getting ready to relieve us would help take care of our families. And you know, we, there was no hanky panky stuff going around. You never had that because that was a that was a common thing. You just you said no. Yeah. You didn't cross that line. Because was, I,
1: I think that there was a, a higher set of men's more. I mean, across the board, yeah. if you look at men in America in general, back then there was a higher level of men's morals, you know, across yeah. the board than there are today. Oh, in without the past, In the past 20 years.
0: I mean, you even here, I mean, you're more younger and still have some more of a heartbeat than what I do with our guys back yeah. in the day. It's not unheard of where a guy's. You know, on deployment, because back in his wife's you know, tapping somebody else in the, in the battalion or somebody else in the, you know, within the unit.
1: And it's calling, wow. I remember, and in, in during my time, every once in a while, something weird would happen. Right. But it was, it was like a hard no. Yeah. It was like, dude, if you even, I remember like when I first came into Second Force, if some dude even dated some girl, she was like tainted. Yeah. You're done. Yep. You're out. Yep. Nope. You were with so-and-so. Plenty of fish in the sea, not touching that drama.
0: Yeah, and you just couldn't do it. And the thing was, yeah. it, it was kind of sacrilegious. If right. you haven't looked at somebody else's girlfriend or wife or made a comment, like today it's so easy. I look at her and t- dude, you don't you do not do that. I have never, it, and I'm the biggest flirt known to man, never made a comment about another woman's, another man's wife. Just never did it because I thought it was wrong. It's like, you know, I don't have any girls as kids.
1: Yeah, we were just talking about that, all the guys on my wife. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, yeah. I
1: can't. Yeah, I could never do that. I just right. can't
0: look at another man's daughter or wife and make a comment, dude.
1: They comment on my stuff about her. Like, damn, I need to see her naked, bro. This is my like. You just said that to me. Yeah, I'm. That's my wife. And that, that's too that's ass whooping, dude. I'm telling you right now.
0: Ten minutes. I'll give you ten seconds of ass whooping. I'm telling you because you don't. Again, we were talking earlier about the trolls. Yeah. Why you got to make a comment about somebody else's wife? admire her from a distance, yeah. but don't make a comment. Keep your on mouth her. shut. Yeah, there's no reason for it. There's other women out there that are just as hot. Are you making the same comments because you know Nick and and you know them? So, I mean, you got to make a comment. Us. Well, yeah. they know you from social media, yeah. but not know you like
1: I do. Anyway, so back in the day, you were.
0: Yeah, I, went to, I was a second recon battalion from uh, 1986, June of 86, and I moved, went to uh, Second Force in 91. I was at force, Second Force from 91 until 97. I left there, and I went to Okinawa to uh, 3rd SOTG. <laughs> I stayed 12 years in Okinawa, so I spent nine years with 3rd SOTG. That's and then, where I met you. Yeah, and I yeah. knew, that, I mean, we were teaching. We were teaching yeah. everybody going downrange, and I'm like, I need to go downrange. Do, I need to figure this out. So I knew 3rd Recon Battalion was in a chute to go as I'm getting ready to rotate. So yeah. I said, I call Carl Froese and say, Hey, dude, I'm not leaving this island. I'm going to 3rd Recon Battalion. I'm deploying. Yeah. So I went there, did my first deployment. Up there with them and then came back as the battalion ops chief and went out on their second appointment. And then yeah. I got orders. <laughs> I got orders to go to second recon battalion initially. I'm like, oh, that's great. I do my Twilight Tower there. I started my career there. Yeah, I ended yeah. there. And again, Carl Froese was the ops chief for a second. He went to go downrange uh, with them. So they changed my orders to go to Marsock to, to run the schoolhouse.
1: I remember that. You're I was like
0: pissed. Motherfuckers. I was pissed. You're like, fuck these guys. <clears throat> well, the problem was, is that, you know, I, don't get me wrong. Where they're at today and where they were then, it's it's a huge difference. No, it's not even the same. Yeah, we finally got yeah. got our heads out of our asses yeah. and used the SF model to get our guys trained to where they are today. Yeah. The problem is we used the FMTU cats to start MARSOC, and they were all the shit bags that we got rid of out of our battalions. We sent them to FMTU. Hey,
1: you, it's funny. I just did a Josh Hansberger was just in town, and we just did a podcast, and he had the opportunity to go to FMTU, and he was like, nah, "No, no." Nah. <laughs> It's, and, it's not where you go. Yeah, and he was like, nah. and he's like, thank God I didn't I didn't go because I would have been one of those cats.
0: Yeah, because when I checked in the schoolhouse initially, I was going to a different section, but that section had three Marines. Yeah, some of the Master Guns taking care of three Marines. I would have done shit. <laughs> so I said, hey, why don't we just send you over to uh, MSOS a schoolhouse itself, and I'll take care of all the training? I was like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I'm still going to fucking fire everybody I can get a chance to fire. Even the shitheads. <laughs> My first day there, I fired two staff sergeants. It said pack your gap, I, re- pack I, re-
1: I remember yeah i was like i was happy to see you in the command because you know i came over oh i think around 2007 yeah right after our deployment. yeah 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 so i came over to and i was happy that you were there
0: well a lot of guys that were there that knew me were happy <laughs> yeah. so many guys that were there that didn't really
1: know me weren't too happy by the end of the day i just knew how you operated i knew you how you because yeah you were ver- you're always very hard but dude you out of all the people that i've worked for you and phil probably by far the best two staff and CICs that I've ever had you're saying that because I'm sitting in front of you no yeah I say that I've said that publicly yeah and me and Phil have got like you know we've yeah. <laughs> gotten into it I was like you're a shitty fucking platoon I think I got into it with you too yeah
0: everybody has at least once yeah. but yeah because-
1: I was like you're a shitty fucking platoon sergeant and he's like you're a shitty fucking team leader <laughs>
0: yeah it was funny is it while we were there that we had that big scandal you couldn't go to the s4 unless you did this paperwork and Oh, that's
1: when him, when him and you got Yeah.
0: He, so for the first time, he sends me, <laughs> him and Tony and Davis sent me 400 individual emails in less than two hours. So I went over and I said, hey, dude, what are we doing? We, you, you know the rule. You can't just send any willy-nilly over there to the S4. Yeah. He said, that's bullshit. I'm a platoon star, and I can send him where I want to. So I left my went back to my office. The Which was right day, across the right hall. Right, literally, right across the hall. <laughs> yeah. So next day, I get up, and I got a little over 600 emails in my inbox from that little shit. So I'm like, I'm done. I get up. I go into his office. I tell Willer, I said, get, the, get out. Get out. I said, I'm kicking this little shit's ass, and no <laughs> one's going to watch it. So he's running around the back of the, the table, and I'm thinking, dude, stop. I'm going to catch you eventually because you can't get out of this room. And then he calls my wife and says, hey, you Stu's being a dick, blah, blah, blah. Because like, how long have you been friends at this point? Ah, uh, shit nine years. And I just worked together. I mean, like you're like best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we went on damn trips together for Christ's yeah, sake. Right. Yeah. The comical part was, is that as oh, pissed God, off man. as I was, I was going to, I was hitting him. There was no <laughs> if, and, buts about it. I was hitting him. I love you, yeah. but I'm going yeah. to
1: beat your ass. <laughs> and he
0: says something that was just so funny. kind of broke that mood. And I'm going, bro, I was so pissed. And now I'm like, I can't, I can't what do What the this fuck are you. we doing? Yeah. He's funny, man. <laughs> he is. And yeah. I love him to death. You know, I see him one, one week out of the month, every, yeah. every month. So he says, he's another story, man. He's done so well in his life and yeah. the, the heartaches he went through. But I think we're all, we've all done that. We yeah. all, people think that success comes easy. They're full of shit. The background stuff, you know, when like you're always preaching, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? What's my purpose, yeah. you know, and yeah. part of that transition. And I think for what the word, the voice that you're putting out is phenomenal to these people. They need to understand that. It's not always roses being successful. There's a lot of turmoil to get to that success. You know, the sleepless nights, you know, you're yeah. worried about money. You're worried about how am I going to do this or where I'm going to get that.
1: Or, and, well, and, and then priority. I think the biggest thing is people have a, you know, and, and something everybody struggles with is their priorities, right? They're trying to get trying to become successful, but you can't be rich without a family right that's not success now you got a bunch of money and you're at the finish line by yourself yep that's shitty yep um because i've I've, i know i've known people that have done that and they're like i would trade it all just to be back with my family or have them in my life or not fucked it up right you can't be unhealthy and wealthy that doesn't work like cool you're you're wealthy i know guys that are like that super wealthy about to die yeah of like a heart attack (laughs) cool great and then you can't be super wealthy or super fit and, un, and not and broke. Yeah, that's that doesn't work. So I think what happens is we get hyper focused on certain things and we have to maintain our levels of priority. So I call it like the success matrix, okay. you know, so like they all overlap. You know what I mean? Like if you draw like ovals successes, them actually you know where I got that was the um, and we talked about it. Last one was the A&S. What is that thing called? that selection assessment, that, that shot card that everybody had with oh, all the different yeah. things, basically. Yeah. And it's basically how you, like, see where a person's at. And there's been a bunch of talks, public talks, about, like, do, you, do we want the most physically fit guy that we can't trust? Right. You know what I mean? There's levels to the game. You know, the most the, the, the high school quarterback or the, the college quarterback that comes in, you, you know, you're smirking because you already know. Yeah. He's the first one to quit. You know, when things get hard, he's the first thing, he's the first one to quit. And we've seen it time and time again. Anyways, so you have to, you know, people struggle when they're coming up because they think they have to go all in on one, this one thing when, yes, you do, but you can't lose sight of all the other things. Like with me, I was like, you know, the deal, sleeping under the desk, wake up, work, sleeping under the desk, got unhealthy, hormones got all out of whack. I gained weight, losing the relationship with my daughters at the time. You know, like that's not success No.
0: And that's part of the dark demons too. If yeah. people don't get, you know, there's certain things that you have from your past that, you know, if someone asked me, well, how were you so successful in the Marine Corps? I said, I talked to my wife. I said, being at the top, like our run for um, Iraq the first trip. Yeah. yeah, I was the, the company ops chief. So all the issues that we have with our guys, the Petunasards, you cats would talk to them mm-hmm. and they would talk to, to me, mm-hmm. but I had no one to talk to. Yeah. So, you know, that's where, you know, Phil and my wife and stuff. So the, those demons were, they stayed in my pocket for a while. Yeah. And people are like, well, why don't you talk to somebody? Who am I going to talk to? Some corporal or Lance Corporal in my platoon? I said, I can talk to the platoon sergeants. I said, but. I got to be there for them. Yeah. I was like, yeah. so there's got to be a trade-off here. And the trade-off I found once I got to the schoolhouse was to rely on individuals like yourself, mm-hmm. and, you know, like Wayne Knoll and a couple other cats, you know, yeah. Ron Neal, those guys that I can make a phone call to and say, hey, I got a problem. And then be able to talk through it and not have to worry they lived,
1: about it. Because they, they lived it. Yeah. They're
0: not judgmental. No. And I, we talked about it too. How do we, right. we're never going to stop suicide. Mm-hmm. We never, how can we control it? How can we put something out there to, to be able to read
1: you on a, each and every day to see if you're on that meter? I said it, I said it in the book, excommunicated warrior. I think knowledge is power. Education is power. A lot of times people, when they get in that dark you know, just, just jump right <laughs> into it. when, you get into that dark world of like calling, wanting to end it. Mm-hmm. I truly don't believe people want to not live. No. I think it's they're tired, they're in pain, they're exa- they're just absolutely exhausted, and they just want to break from the turmoil. Yeah. They want to break Reality. from the pain. Yeah. And that's what it is. They just need, they just want to rest. They're not sleeping. They're, you know, they're extremely stressed out. They're extremely, you know, they're dealing with all this different stuff, and they just want to break from it. So they make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So in in the book and on my keynotes that I talk about with that subject, I go, okay, hey guys, listen, you feel this way right now. In six months, you're gonna want to commit. You're gonna wanna kill yourself. Like, no, Nick, there's no way in six months that I'm gonna. I'm just listen. Yeah, I'm just yeah. telling you. Yep. In six months, you're gonna get into a you know, and that that six months is not. It could be sick. It could be a year. It could be whatever. But it's not point. Just a point, number. Just a number. But at this point, you're going to, when you reach this stage in your life, you know, and you have to process this, all this stuff, and you don't know how to, you're going to want to commit suicide. The re, and here's the reason why. But I, and I think, and I've had this, hundreds of people have given me feedback. They're like, damn, dude, you're, you were spot on. Yeah. But by me telling you that, now I'm like, it, it, oh, Nick said at this time in my life, I would feel this way. And here's the reasons why. Cause like when I got to that spot, I didn't understand. There was no reasoning. There was no why. There was no, oh, you feel this way because X, Y, and Z. I think that if you can tell people, listen, when you get to this stage in transition, you get this stage in your life, you're going to want to end it, and this is the reason why, and this is what you do about it. Yeah, That's power.
0: Agree, totally. You know I, mean? I mean, at the end of the day, because, like, for myself, I, I was going through this part of my life, and you you know most of it, that kind of let's kind of... I was like, "How how can this happen to me? Why why all of a sudden that I'm in this kind of position I shouldn't be in? Because I trust twenty six
1: year master guns, yeah, you know,
0: and I six, get put in this position, and all yeah. of a sudden I'm going, going, what did I miss something? Because you you know you're the top, I was the top of the total pole in the Marine Corps. Yeah, I get out now. I'm the moss the shit underneath the moss underneath nobody the gives rolling. a shit no you're master guns what's that mean uh nothing i'm just i'm just a retired <laughs> e9 now but i mean you yeah you, you don't know where to turn because you're yeah. used to making all this decision you're used to being in charge and now you're not yeah you sitting your hands like when i when i got out <laughs> to be the first person i came in contact with was a 24 year old little female who was telling me how to talk to people cool i'm like oh okay honey how did do- and I hate using that word, honey, my wife yells at me, but I said, okay, how, how can you justify what you just said to me? She goes, just the way you talk, your demeanor, you, you think you're all that in a bag of chips. I said, well, first off, I am. <laughs> I mean, you just ask me and I'll tell you. The I'll old you. saying, chicks dig me and dudes want to be like me? Ask me, I'll tell you. you know? <laughs> but the thing is, trying to explain to her, you can't talk to our guys in a tone where you're trying to be a business person. I can't go in and give like, my guys a, an elevator brief about a company I'm working for, they're going to look at me and say, what the fuck are you talking about, Stu? Just sit down. Let's talk. Yeah. But, you know, the real world is not like that. So that's why when I got, and started my own company, it was for one one of two reasons. One, to promote the gear that these guys need to have and have the ability to reach out to the companies that make it yeah. to get it at a affordable price, one. And the second thing is just an outlet for me to talk to the guys. You know, come, yeah. come hang out in the store, you know, and shoot the shit. But... After a while it just got to a point where it was, the business was fun, but it got annoying as hell. You know, going up to a drive to New York or Connecticut to teach, and then I come back and I gotta run the store and then you have problems with customers or we're not getting our deliveries, as you know. Yeah. You know, things happening and going like, Why am I doing this? I'm busting my ass. I've got no time, I got no money. What, what I think
1: it's like? a transitional thing, right? It leads you to the and that's what people say, like, Well, I don't I don't know what to do. We'll just do something. Yeah. You know and I'm like impressed. same thing with me like i started sts I, I consider it one of my biggest failures which i love because yeah. it led me to doing what the things that i'm doing today and but I, again you look at it what is it It's the same thing like a store it's like yeah. the same it's something that's familiar you know that you're somewhat passionate about but it leads you down the road to things that are, that are away from it yep. and you have to go through that right you have to go through that and i if, if i have I had a dime for every time some Marine guy came out and wanted to start a training business or a gear business or some sort of tactical contracting thing. I'd be rich as shit. But you know, I think that what it is, is just, it's familiar. It's what they know. Yep. And the sad part of that situation is I think that they believe that's all they've got. No, you're right. I agree with you. It's like, well, this is what I've done. This is what I know how to do. That's pretty much, this is my. This is it's, who I am. It's the easy thing. Yeah. It's
0: easy. The easy way to do something you know very well, instead of trying to take that chance and go, I want to go outside the lines just a little
1: bit, see where I go. Take and what the, I take, what I know, but go outside the lines yeah. and apply that. And be afraid
0: yeah. of the failure. Yeah, and like you always mentioned too, is failure is not. That's a good thing sometimes, especially in business. Yeah, you know, as, personal life no. It's a tuition payment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tuition payment. That's what it is. Yeah, you're just learning. So, yeah, and that's the thing too to figure out where you're at in life, but also to, all right, I can change it. So I, you know, I got out of the tactical business and ran a healthcare company. No goddamn clue <laughs> how to run a healthcare company.
1: It's still so, running people. It's still operations. Exactly. It's, still, it's the same shit you've always I been was doing. high
0: speed ops chief for yeah. a healthcare company and we were successful. The first year we doubled our clients Yeah, because I used that op chief mentality yeah to figure out okay we got to schedule girls how do we track it how do we make sure that they're getting paid correctly and then put it down to a spreadsheet or a powerpoint brief and made sure that everything yeah. was correct so we followed all the protocols across the board and it was during COVID, so we were top of it we had the gloves we had the gowns we had the masks we had everything we need to have and everybody's like well how'd you do that it's common sense i need band-aids bullets and bad guys <laughs> right right here they are for our our nurses as well yeah. as our aides and it was just like i don't understand how you got to this point i was an ops chief for you know my last 15 years in the but, Corps.
1: but being able to switch that on and go oh i can apply this to anything it doesn't have to be in the tactical world it doesn't exactly have to right. be in the the war fighting world you yeah. know, it can be literally anything
0: like now with this um the podcast stuff that i'm doing with first beto yeah i can talk to anybody i don't know a stranger never met one i have no idea what a stranger is and for me this is a good passion for me it's just what my wife life is really all about is me sitting down talking shit. So that's why I do this. Podcast that's what we now. do.
1: That's what we do when we get older. Yeah. We, I, yeah. I, <laughs> so that's why I went from making <laughs> stupid, silly videos to, I told everybody, I said, listen, I I'm gotten older. I, I got more shit to say, and it ain't going to be done in 10 minutes. So no, no. so I want long form conversations and, and, and we're going to change some things. But so on the failure thing, this is where it's not just our guys, but I'll use the military. Yeah, military portion of it. We're taught vulnerability is bad. Vulnerability is a bad word, especially in our community, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Vulnerability is, is something that's bad. Failure is bad. Failure is final, yeah. right? Because you're talking about loss of life. So we breed that into ourselves so hardcore that we take it outside of the military with yeah. us and it doesn't serve us. It does, it, there's nothing that serves that mentality. Does not serve you outside the military. No, it doesn't. Because failure is not final. No, it's just it's You just go back to sleep. Wake up the next day and you can do probably do it again. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it again. Try to fix the failure. Yeah.
0: No, but I, I agree with you because at the end of the day, when you get out, there's so many things that we can relate to in civilian world. Yeah. As uh, former military guys, across the board, especially those that are in, in some type of special forces of that military. Yeah. They're a personality. They're strong individuals. And because of that, they got to make sure that they're peacocking all the time. And if they don't peacock, they're like, oh, something's wrong here. I'm failing. I'm, I'm being vulnerable because I'm not showing my true me. Well, you know what? You are showing your true me. It's just
1: out of the uniform. You're a civilian. The ego and pride in your way. Yeah. So doubt. I had a friend tell me, you know, when we were doing, when we were heavy into the Raider Project stuff and working with vets, he was like, listen, we need to get these guys talking about our community. We need to get these guys to the know that they don't have anything to prove anymore as far as being a tough guy right like you did it you did what like uh if you, i mean was it 0.4 percent of the populace joined the military and then like 0. 0.01 joins any sort of special operations or you know
0: yeah. unit? yeah yeah very small
1: like brother you did it mm-hmm. you're a badass you don't have to wear a badass hat anymore for the, there's no more checks that you need for the rest of your life no, You know what I mean? You can go braid your hair and what, paint daisies on your face for all that you care. Still a badass because yeah. you did it, yeah. right? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, to get soft and whatever and, you in know, your life, but my point being is is we have this. I think there's a lot of young guys out there that get out and they, have, they feel like they need to keep this vibrato up. They, they need to keep this image up yeah. instead of allowing themselves to become something more to become something different. And the more that I've learned and the more that I've grown over the last 10 years, I realized that the most successful people in the world are also the most vulnerable people in the world. People that have failed the most. They're the most grateful people in the world and they're the most giving to others. So they don't act like a badass. No. Yeah. Like this one guy, that guy blew me away. A billion, I've talked about this in the podcast. The only openly billionaire that I've met. Okay. You would never guess. Never guess. Dressed down. Doesn't wear the Rolexes and all that stuff. Yeah. Nothing, man. Yeah. Nothing. He looked like he just got done getting his ass kicked <laughs> in jiu-jitsu. I think he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, actually. sixty so yeah. something years old. And he did nothing but try to serve everybody at the table. This is a billionaire. And he said, you know, you get to a place in your life where you just you, you give. That's your that's your mission, right? So, and he was completely open about his failures. I mean, I've I, very limited in, in, in interaction with this guy, you know, but in the short time, it was like, how can I give to you? I'm super thankful for meeting you. Like he just poured into everybody at the table, right? And then he was just completely vulnerable about every problem he's ever had or had currently having. He that's had true. nothing to. He had nothing to like. There was no chest beating whatsoever. I think that's good.
0: You got, I, I know quite a few millionaires and I still yeah. think they're dickheads because they got <laughs> all this money and they, they're just rude out in public. My personal opinion, the guys I know <laughs> and their friends of mine too, but maybe low level millionaires. Yeah. I was, no, they're yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's funny though, but guys like that, that they see where their failures were and their vulnerabilities. So they want to share that. Yeah. To give to you so you can be successful. Right. Even though you might have some vulnerabilities later on or a failure later on. You're taking what he's saying, just like you do with the transition stuff. Yeah. You, you apply that. Right. and By just applying it small here and there and there, it's going to eventually make you successful yeah. because he's seen it. Well, that's like when you tell your kids, hey, don't do this. Well, because you probably have done it, and you're telling right. them not to do it, so don't get in trouble. It's the same thing. At yeah. the point, like for me, it's the same way. I, I was in a uh, food line the other day, and you could tell this lady was in a little bit of trouble. Uh, she didn't look good. You could tell by her facial expressions and her body language. I was kind of like ah, so I said, "Hey, how much is her order?" It was like sixteen dollars and five cents. So I gave girl twenty. I said, "Pay for her groceries." Girl was like, "No, no, I can do this." I said, I, "You can. You absolutely one hundred percent can do this." I said, "But right now, this moment, you can't. So I'm giving you a helping hand right now, and then hopefully in a couple days or a year or so, you'll do the same thing to somebody else. But understand that life's not that bad. Yeah, it's just you got to figure out how to maneuver in that." bad problems
1: you have so one of the things that i've done in recent years started probably about four years ago which kind of snowballed some success was uh, and talking about those failures and learning was getting coaches investing in myself oh so okay. instead of you know it's crazy man i like i'll and now i'm talking to people you know they need to lose weight want to make more money want to make their relationships better family unit better whatever and they're like oh, i can't afford it I'm like, well, one, you're 400 pounds and you are you got a family of six and you're type 2 diabetic and you're probably going to die soon and leave them <laughs> because there's literally, literally a guy. And then what's crazy is when I made that video and I said, if listen, you're being selfish if you're this person and you're not getting help to, to better it. A lady commented and told her whole story, basically saying how that was her. Like they had like three kids, they had grandkids, and he died in his like late 40s. So now they're all growing up, you know, people are getting married, they're having grandkids, and he's not there to see any of it. Yeah. And he was the sole breadwinner. And so basically what, I, what my my point was, if you want to, people will invest in a $1,000 iPhone, not invest, they'll buy a $1,000 iPhone, they'll buy whatever, they have millions million subscription services, they're spending money on mocha, you know. Starbucks. Mocha, mocha choco bullshits <laughs> and smack coca lattes. But when it comes to, like. I'm going to invest in my own knowledge, my own health. You know, I'm going to make me better so that I can serve my people or, or level up in my life. Yeah. Nah, I can't afford that. Like, you can't not not afford that. Right. So when I did that, that's when everything changed for me. When I started dropping money on, they're not following you anymore because of your authority or your rank. Mm-hmm. Now they're following you because of your leadership. They want to follow you. Like that's, and that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Nick Frieda said something. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a he was a I met him when I worked for when I was contracting. He was NEK he was an NEK program manager. Okay. And uh Green Beret. Now I think he's in some sort of state. I think he's Virginia Congress or something like that. He's he's in politics now. Has a podcast. But he was like he had there's two types of leaders. One's that you follow because of their rank and authority and you have to, but you don't really respect, respect them. them. Yep. You're right. And there's other guys that, whether their rank was something or not, or they're in the civilian world or in the military, it's like, I'm going to follow this guy regardless. Yeah. Because of his level of leadership. And, because, and, that's, and that's the reason why with you and Phil, it was like, I'd follow these guys. I'd, I'd work for these guys anywhere. I'd follow these guys anywhere. Right. Because when I say why, because this, shithead. Yeah. Oh, got it.
0: The, there's too many times across the board, whether it's in the military, uh, civilian sector, there's too many people that use their authority. As an excuse to make you do something, yeah. And I, I saw it very clearly when I was at the in the healthcare business. I mean, I had phenomenal aides. These girls were good. I mean, they they're underpaid and uh, under. Yeah. There's no respect for them. But they, when I left there, they all came and said, "Look at we, I enjoyed working for you because one, you never yelled, and two, if we asked you, you know why this, why that, you explained it to us so we understood it. You made sure that we had the right monies coming out of our paycheck for investments. You ensure. You gave us knowledge mm. or, we, or you never said no to us. Yeah. And I didn't. I made sure that those girls were taken care of. I treated them like a, a younger, my lioness crew. That's yeah. what Casey yeah. called them. Because I had some girls in there I'd be afraid to be out in the dark alley with. They would whoop <laughs> my ass or put a, put a shank in me. But at the end of the day, they, they learned so much because no one gave it to them. No one yeah. s- said, hey, I appreciate what you're doing or here's a raise. or They just didn't do it for 10 years. Now all of a sudden they're, wait, somebody cares? someone's actually going to give me a raise or actually talk to me
1: makes for a better work environment.
0: Yeah. And they enjoyed, we had a blast. I mean, they come in before I got there, they never would come into the office. They would just drop the time sheets off in the, the drop box outside. When I got there after like the fourth or fifth month, they were all coming in to drop the thing. Just say hi. Yeah. Just say, I think cause I'm hot chicks dig me and dudes want to be like me. He asked me, I'll tell you. But anyway, so I mean, <laughs> they came in all the time and you know, they flirt a little bit, but they, they felt respected. Yeah, they felt that there was somebody there that actually cared about them,
1: and that's all that matters at the end of the day. It was the same way in the in the um, when we were in that company. Mm-hmm. Guys would be like, "Your door was open." Like guys would come in there and hang out with you. Yeah,
0: and the thing is, you can't like corporals. Uh, yeah, I can't learn nothing about. I tell the story in my first podcast when we got I got the two forty golf to put in my truck because I was running in the turf. Yeah, and I'm sitting there trying to remember <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I manipulate this thing so there's lance Corporal walking down and i said hey lance Corporal, uh what, what's up my And i said hey you know how to use this thing you know had to work it set it up for me he goes oh yeah yeah so he came up gave me a full class taking it down reloading p- clearing jams how to yeah, set with yeah. the pinnacle you know all that stuff and he kind of looked at me i said what are you surprised for he said you didn't know this I Said, dude last time i touched this thing was an soi <laughs> so you can imagine that was like you know 15 20 yeah, years yeah. ago But I always, I didn't care who you were or what rank you were. If I need to find something out or or ask, you have the information.
1: Yeah. So I'm glad you said that because, and maybe you gave that to Phil or I don't. Maybe you just, you're both. You thought that way. He said, "What's the most? What was it? The uh, out of all the leaderships, uh, leadership, what are they called? Traits. Yeah. What's the most important one? I don't know. I, you know, came up with some bullshit. He said knowledge. Yep. Knowledge is the most important one." He's like if you have the knowledge you'll be successful. You have to know, you have to go out there and know everything. Research. You have to research and you have to learn everything. And he said if you don't know it, find somebody who knows it. Doesn't matter who what age yep. they are, what who what rank they are. It doesn't matter. Go get their information and, and treat them well that, because they know it. Yeah. Uh, it's something I've always taken with me. So even now I'm like, you know, jiu-jitsu or business or anything, I don't care what age, I mean, I don't care what your age you are. Yeah. In jiu-jitsu I get my ass kicked by some 19-year-old kid. How did you do it? Teach me. Yeah. I have no ego and no pride. And like, that's because I'm older doesn't mean shit.
0: Yeah, exactly right. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and a lot of people do that. They, I think they trend to find themselves. They trend themselves and they figure, okay, I I'm because I'm in charge of everything. I I'm need supposed to know. Be, I'm yeah. supposed
1: to know everything. Know everything.
0: And everybody below me is simple heads. Yeah. So I'm not going to pass that knowledge down. Well, you know what? Eventually you're going to leave dumbass, And one of those people are going to take over for you. Cause that's how okay. they move up. So don't be that guy and teach everybody. Yeah. And if you don't know, go ask. I don't care a shit if you're a CEO of you know a Google and you can't figure out how to squeeze coffee. and you, know, you put in the water. There's and you somebody squeeze. knows
1: how to do it really well. Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: go ask the secretary or go yeah. ask some, Ask somebody. Make them want, feel that you care. Yeah. I think that's why they're so successful is, they allow their employees to do X. Yeah. You know, they are not afraid to go talk to the boss, and that's a lot of companies. They can't. Oh, he's
1: an ass. He goes that goes him. back to that whole like rank and rank yeah. and ego thing like no you're supposed to listen to me because i'm and, and specifically i've noticed this in the marine corps we do it. we have a very bad cultural issue with officers in the marine corps because the marine corps at tbs or ocs at some level probably at tbs they're almost indoctrined that if you're an officer in the marine corps you know better yeah. like the basically the officer lance corporal it yeah. was better than everybody in the platoon. Yeah. And, and they show up thinking that. Not everyone. Some people are, you know. Yeah, there's and,
0: there's some phenomenal officers that I know that would never. And that's where I learned, you know, to act the leader that I am, is that you can't be, you got to be proud. Yeah. Just go, if you need to go ask the, the PFC to do X and you're a master guns or a sergeant major, ask them. Yeah. Because they have the knowledge. You don't. They do it every day. Yeah. And yeah. don't feel so much better if you go down to them and say mm-hmm. at their level and go, Show me, show me, and they'll yeah. be kind of. And that's the guy you're gonna watch. Go, oh, he, you know, he talked to me because people don't get it. A lance corporal talking to a master guns or a sergeant major or a first sergeant or a master sergeant is huge, yeah. That's like you know, talking to the vice president and president. People get all sweaty and pomped, all that stuff. You go and do those boards, my trouble, and yeah, shit? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go to the boards, and you got the this crusty old sergeant major up there. That I don't know why he's there, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, there's always been if People don't realize that E9s, uh, the Master Guns, the Sergeant Majors, we've always had an issue, and I still say it, and I'll say it until the day I die. We, the Master Guns, are the operation guys. We go out, and we make sure boys are taken care of. You, the Sergeant Major, your job is to make sure that they're taken care of, and they're and their leave, period. Yo, I'm here to, to advise the, uh, the, the CEO. Ain't, you ain't advising shit so about what, nothing. You're you're a cook or a motor T guy. Now, yeah. if you're an O3, and you, you were there's in those positions. Hand, there's a handful of those. Yeah so be it but your job is not to consult with the uh the ceo on how to do mission
1: prep uh, one of my favorite lines from uh ozark that girl oh I'm like you don't know shit about fuck yeah <laughs> that's, that's that's most sergeant majors What's her in the name? Corps. i don't know she's uh, great though yeah i watched that my <laughs> wife and great. i watch that once in a while yeah it's all good yeah so that's yeah i agree I, not that there's you know, there's some good sergeant majors out there don't get me oh wrong. yeah there is phenomenal but I have a problem with, I do have a serious problem with them in the operational realm and especially in special operations. You know, you've got some motor T sergeant major that's taking over command and, yeah, you know.
0: I'm the I, command advisor. How the hell are you You do You're advisor?
1: not command of shit.
0: Yeah. Can you get, I'll tell you what, buddy. Give me a nine line right now. No. Brought it off. Uh, uh, exactly. So yeah. you have no, you're clueless. You know, or just do a bridge rep or, you know, a, just do a beach rep. What? Exactly. You have no clue what you're talking about. So just sit down. Let the here's a, a, here's a, a
1: question from your point of view. Could specifically MARSOC, because of the way that we're organized and the mission that we have, could we flip those roles to where we have basically just first sergeants for administration and then the actual E9 at the unit is a master of guns?
0: Yes and no. And the reason I say it, because a lot of this thing, like the sergeant major we have at MARSOC, it's, gotta be, it's appointed by the sergeant major in the Marine Corps, obviously. The way our rank structure and command goes, there's always a sergeant major
1: at that let see we're we're flawed because of the way the start the the first why we have the
0: senior listening advisor now at marsoc yeah but master he guns. fucking
1: has to answer the sergeant major yeah well if he's smart
0: he wouldn't have to <laughs> i'm just saying you, as you as a as a senior guy you need to sit down your senior partner and explain things to them like if i was there as a master guns and was behind the glass yeah. the Sergeant major would sit behind that glass And we'd figure shit out right there on the spot before we leave.
1: Just so we understand who's who in the zoo.
0: You take care of personnel, I got it. But I do everything operationally. If you need any kind of guidance, just stay the hell out of it, dude. Because if not, we're fighting. Period. Because that's a fighting rank. Yeah. When you're Sergeant Major Master Guns, you fight. You don't argue. You just fucking throw it down and call it a day. Nine times out of ten, the Sergeant Major is going to back away.
1: It's really (laughs) in the Master Guns seat to set that precedent for the command. Me personally, yes. and, and, And if you have a weak ass mash guns, then yeah, we have some of those. Yes,
0: and and I hate to say that, but it's well, they're true. Good. They're you, about to get out of there. Yeah, you need the way. to have the rank and to be in that unit with the device. Don't get me wrong; it's an honor. Yeah, but the to use that rank and that device for your benefit because you're too weak to say something to somebody. It's Dude, very, get out.
1: Stu, too it's very pointed. Yeah, you're, get you're, get out. It's a very pointed pointed comment. Yeah,
0: yeah it's like <laughs> you're given the rank for a reason. You're put in that position for a reason. Yeah. Use it. Don't be a bitch. Yeah. Don't be that guy saying, well, you know, there's no reason for the start of house. Yes, there is. Because yeah, your true your guys below you, especially in the training realm. Yeah. Below you is listening to what the Sergeant Major just told the uh, the the general. No. It doesn't work that way. You should be throwing fists against the wall saying this is how it needs to be done, and this is why. You need they say knee your you need to learn your roles. My role is to be the advisor to the general based on operational tempo and what's going on within the world for us. Yeah, That's what I need. That's my job. Now, if I need personnel, I go to Sergeant Major and say, hey, I need three or four people to put them in Lima Company or, or you know, in three-two-two-one platoon or right, team. Right, right. That's what I need. That's what his job is to see what I have. But I also, I'm the one to school him. So you give me Nick Cumulato, and so I'm like, okay, shit, I need to send him to a language because we need him to do language or I need to do, that's where I come in. Yeah. My shortfalls in my companies or my battalions, I'm the one that fills it from the personnel you give me. Yeah. It doesn't work where you put them where the hell you want to. You put them where I want them because that's how, our mission capability. That was what my job is. Even in the schoolhouse, my job is to ensure that the right kids that were going through the ITC course were set up for success. Because that's the future of us at Marsai. Yeah. Now, if I have instructors that are dumbasses, which we did, and I got rid of them, they had to have the same buy-in. You're there to teach. You're not there to say, well, I heard this once, and to this day, it still runs, snakes up my back. I don't want to be the guy in my dress blues at your, at your funeral. Yeah. Why would you say that to a student? He doesn't know what's going on. He's, he's got a fire hose effect. He can't shit right, doesn't know what time it is. Yeah, right. And you're going to make that comment to that kid? And you're a gunny? Are, you've lost your damn mind. And I got, we got in a heated argument about it. I explained to him. I said, the same thing for me to say to you. You know, if you can't learn how to be a gunny, do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to see you in a coffin and I'll be in my dress blues. It's the same concept. Why would you say that to another human being? And from that point on, our, our teaching methods... You know, good on John Daly and, and Jeff Wilson. If I was supposed to say your names out here, tough shit, guys. I love you. They've taken that piece because they're phenomenal dudes. They are phenomenal leaders when they were in the Marine Corps. And said, so, you know what? We need to mold this to make it right for the student. Not for the command, but mm-hmm. for the student. Because our job is to teach these kids to get them into the unit. So what do we need to do? And they did, you know, they do a great job up there. That's so. a
1: polarizing uh, thought in some people's level. Yeah. They think some, a lot of people are looking too much at the command and not at the, not as much as the Marine. You have to. Yeah.
0: That's what makes a command.
1: Right. You know, and that's the thing. People it's a backwards way of thinking. Yeah. you yeah.
0: are like, well, we need, no, no, <laughs> you need to get these people to be going to your command. You don't yeah. need to command into the people because it doesn't work that way.
1: Well, I can, I can take the same, I've taken that same concept and I looked at the business, right? Mm-hmm. So in my business, what am I focusing on? The client. Yes, you can focus on getting new clients and we do that. Yeah. But like if you're not focusing on the ones that you have, those ones that you have are going to be your evangel and, and you know your evangels that are going out there and telling the world about what yep. you're doing. Take care of the people that you have right there. It will trickle up. It's a little bit longer, but the product that you have is so much of a better product.
0: Agreed. Also too, I a business, I will never do a one one million dollar deal. But I'll do a million one dollar deals all day long. Yeah, because you have the word of mouth. I mean, this—let's this be honest—you have such a following for not only for the books that you've put out, the the transition stuff that you're talking about. You know, the how to make your body better. You know, what did you, you you're a spokesperson to for well-being, for yeah. a good life, and you're passionate about it, and that's what's good. But your passion came from somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so where did that passion come from? From your time in the military. Because you picked up pieces here and then put them in your bag, other stuff you left out. Yeah. And look at you today.
1: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's you can a, say something about yourself. It's not a straight road.
0: <laughs> what? I thought, you know, you pick out the bottle, of water, you open it. It's, it's done, right? Yeah. Isn't that how it works? Definitely Be not. Be successful?
1: Definitely not a straight road.
0: <laughs> so listen,
1: You're, you're going to have to weather the storm. Give me just,
0: just a short synopsis of a trial or tribulation you went through to make you where you're at today. Just
1: something small. I don't got small. I got something big. All right, let's go big. Remember when, uh, I think it was like 16, when like the whole world came against me uh, on on the internet? Yeah, don't worry. I'll still kick their ass,
0: dude. Yeah. I got your back, bro.
1: So I know, but it it was, here's the thing, Stu, and I, I think I've publicly talked about this, maybe on some other podcasts, but I was doing all the things that I thought that I was supposed to do. Right. Being a quiet professional, not talk about the things that I've done, really just focus on external stuff. And granted, you know, during that time, I had rose to, a, I guess, a certain level of popularity on the Internet. Right. But it's still I would never talk about things. You know what I mean? I was very guarded with the way that I worded things and generic. the way that I, yeah, it. Yeah, was very generic. Right. Because you're supposed to be a quiet professional. Right. right. You're not special. There's no special in special operations. Right. <laughs> I'm like, it's on the fucking board. It, yeah. It's like it says it's on the building. I don't understand, Yeah, but you're not a special butterfly. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I want to respect my community. I want, I want the guys to respect me. I want to bring respect to what I'm doing. Right. And then, and then, but then continue to help people. So I did that. So I did everything that I was supposed to do the way that I thought I was supposed to do it to help people, but not also, you know, go color outside the lines. Right. They still trashed me. Yep. Guys, still, dis- I mean, absolutely destroyed me. I lost probably three years of networking. Not not everybody, but I'd say ninety five percent of my network at the time disappeared. Right. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And why? What the- for nothing? Exactly for nothing. Yep. For for absolutely fabricated, made up bullshit. So af- after I went through this like grieving period, you know, yeah. and I did, man, I wanted to quit. I was like, "What the fuck's the point of helping people?" Right. Like fucking fuck this man like i'll just go do something else and fuck these assholes so once i once i got over my own self-pity garbage you know what i mean but it did crush me for a little while because i again i did everything that i was you felt betrayed yeah i thought i did everything that i was supposed to do right that they told me to do and it i got i got trashed anyway once i got to the other side of it i was like wait a minute I can cross my T's, dot my I's, do everything I'm supposed to do, and they're going to talk shit about me. Yep. Well, then, if they're going to, like, destroy me publicly for doing this anyway, then what if I just did whatever the fuck I want to do and say whatever the hell I wanted to say?
0: Use it in your, your benefit. Yeah, and use yeah. it in
1: my benefit. Yep, I agree. Put a fucking device <clears throat> on it, call myself a Marine Raider, fucking tell everybody shit so have. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do now. Yep. Guess what happened? It did well. Fucking made more <laughs> <did>. money. Yeah. <laughs> people stopped talking. I mean, for the most part, like yeah. the gross thing. They, people stopped talking shit. Yeah.
0: Because they saw the background. Like, what am I going to, like. Let's wh- be honest. You, you took, you, this, <laughs> we'll put everything out on the table right now. Yeah. The cards are here. Nick Cumulatos, Recon Marine, Raider, got out in 2012. Tried to be the nice guy and do this and, and help everybody out. Okay, well, it kind of didn't
1: work out. It didn't really long. work out, yeah. So I
0: said, you know what? Screw it. Let me think about me. Yeah. Me, You know, there is me and team, yeah. right? So let me think about me. Well, you know what? I'm going to use what my career was, and I'm going to go write books as the Raider. Mm-hmm. The transitions, you know, for the yep. prep scores. And then also too, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna publicize. You know what? I don't give a shit what you think about me. Nothing, because my again, my we were, wife. we were
1: talking. We were yeah. You don't fuck me. Yeah, you, and don't you don't pay, don't pay me. me. Yeah.
0: So get get out, dude. So and
1: all those guys. And I love it now. I love I love the haters now. Um, but I we were can't, talking. Dude. I can't. We we're talking about it now. You have to get to a certain. I think once you go through that, right? Yeah. You Go through that, and it's like, I, now it truly doesn't matter. I truly don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like you if sure you're be. listening to this and you hate me. That's awesome. Keep watching, motherfucker. Yeah. Keep yeah. watching. Keep listening. And I'm gonna keep getting more rich. Yeah. I'm gonna keep building and I'm gonna keep my life's gonna keep getting awesome while you keep watching. Yeah. Fucking keep watching. Bad I keep, and, I do, out. and yeah. I do it. And yeah. I do it. They they say something. I'm like, I just laugh. I'm like, keep watching, motherfucker.
0: Now, do you actually post when the people write shit? Do you actually go back and post oh, it? Yeah. So you do it. You don't have a team do it.
1: No, I mean they get a little nervous because they're like, oh no, but I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll comment. And I love the I love my favorite one is just okay. Like you commented yeah. that one. They like sit, they'll like send this paragraph. I'm like okay.
0: And the thing is, based off the thing we talked about earlier, yeah. is where they get this knowledge from? Where do they get the information to say what they said? No, they don't know. They don't
1: know. So, but now they, you know, people are like, oh, do you even lift or do you do this or you're just on steroids or blah 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 I'm like okay. Yes, yeah, all above why. But here's here's the thing: what so, they don't know here's the here's how fucking stupid they are, Stu. Here's how stupid you are. If you hate me and you comment on my shit, if they truly hated me, if they truly hated me and wanted me to fail, they would act like I don't exist. Exactly. Ignore you. Ignore me. Yep. But by commenting on my stuff and (laughs) And by it keeps the, 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 the the algorithm, the riff continues and I only get more popular and people only, yeah, you comment on something negative that, why do you think I say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what
0: I saw, I want. Okay, I, I me personally, I just
1: you don't f- like your people getting fucked with. No,
0: yeah, I fucking hate. I yeah. mean, even today, I'm a Phil's civilian. Feels the same, Phil's the same I way. Don't, I don't
1: dig it. Get, he will call me. He'll call me, and he's all up in arms about somebody that said something about yeah. me. I'm like <laughs> Phil. So it's okay, man. He's like, no, fuck that guy, yeah. and fuck the horse he rode in, on. Huh? I'll fucking, do- I'll kill his dog and yeah. and everything. <laughs> and it's, it's, I'm like, it's it's. I'm like, it's cool, bro. We still protect those. Though. Yes, and that's I, the thing. And it's- I and I truly appreciate that. But it really, what it does in the algorithm on the internet world is it just it just brings more traction. And and Ali goes, I talk about him all the time. The. He's thinking, I think he's like a heavily religious guy, but he I think Trent Shelton, he was an NFL player. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't remember I don't who he yeah. played with. But he was like, because I guess, you know, if you're in the NFL, you're going to have haters. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, know you think? <laughs> and he goes, oh, bro, those are just confused fans. That's good. <laughs> he's like, they're just confused. They're fans because they, they follow because they follow all my shit they comment on all my shit there's confused they're they're, just confused uh, fans
0: yeah no shit you know that makes a good point confused (laughs) fans. well it's like the guy
1: that i told you i called him he was he was being he was messaging me stuff and And i finally just said you're being a bitch right you're being a bitch I was fucking no you mean i'm a i'm no bitch (laughs) i'm like no you're you're acting like a bitch right you must be a bitch and he's and and so anyways we went back and forth and i said and he he owned up to it he's like dude you're right uh, you know I was being a bitch, and I said, "Here, man. Here's my here's my calendar link. Book a call. Let's book a fifteen minute call." And he goes, "Why would you? Why I was a dickhead this whole time, commenting negative stuff." You know, I'm like, "Why would you mess up?" Like, because I knew you got to look at what my business is. Yeah, I, I told you earlier. I said I'm in the business of taking men acting like a bitch and make them victors, make them men, right? Make them the leader of their house that are setting the example for their kids and their wife and, the, and their communities. And the guys that are com- – this is what blows my mind, Stu. There are guys that are in their 40s, have kids and wives and careers trolling the Internet, making stupid comments on other people and, like, angry. Yeah, yeah. What the <clears throat> fuck is wrong with you, dude? Get your shit together. I, I so I Hold on. So I, I call this. The guy gets on the phone. And we had this whole conversation. He's like, yeah, dude, you're right. I'm not living with purpose. I don't have yeah. my priorities straight. You know, I'm <laughs> overweight, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, bro, listen. He goes, why would you take the time with me? Because I want you to get better, dude. Yeah. You're, I saw you being like a bitch. I'm like, this guy, I want to d- help you. I help you. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's all. There's, there's, everybody
0: thinks there's got to be a background. Why do you want to help me? It's, you know, because that's what I do for a living. Oh, that's right. That's what my business that's is. That's what my business is. <laughs> my business is to help people get them out of their funk. And yeah. you can't. I what I get upset about it is that I, I don't I'm not a very articulate individual. I cannot write to save my ass. If it wasn't for spell check, I'd be screwed. Yeah. And it wasn't for Debbie across the talk. street. Yeah. But I can
1: talk. You can talk.
0: So take your happy ass out from behind that computer, sit in front of me and talk to me. Yeah. Don't be a bitch about it. Yeah. I just my whole thing is if you you have all this testosterone and all these balls, yeah. Come on in and Basically tell me that I'm fucked up no, like two you're, football players you're,
1: you're a beta bitch if yeah, you're just, doing that.
0: Just come see come see me. Yeah, Don't talk shit to me. Because I hate, especially when people that I know, I want to run through that damn computer and just...
1: <laughs> so so you, you asked me what was the thing. That was a pivotal moment for yeah, my I'm success. Sure, yeah. and, if, and if you really... For those of the people that have followed me for a long time, they can really see kind of like this like dabbling effect. You know? Right. Like kind of dabbling and you know, trying... figure it out. Figuring it out. Yeah. And then after that, it was like fucking rocket fuel, because I just stopped giving a fuck.
0: That's probably the best way to look at it. Like for me, I don't, I don't care.
1: I stopped.
0: You know, people say, like, "Why don't you get upset about that?" What do you fix this? Like,
1: Nick does this now. I'm gonna give I'm like fuck you. I don't Nick's give a
0: a, shit. But Nick's a good guy. I, I, that's I what someone told me he was a good guy, so <laughs> I, I want to talk. <laughs> just want to talk to him. It's talk like, to out him. Of it, it, again, too, is it comes down to. Don't be mad at someone who's successful, who's trying to help
1: you and better you.
0: Yeah. You know, the embedment of how things go with life. Well,
1: it's like you got to, yeah, you got to ask yourself, why is this pissing me off? Yeah. Why? Wait a minute. Why is this pissing me off? Because <laughs> you're successful. Well, just like if what he says pisses you off, why? Because it hits home?
0: Yeah, that's true. I never look at that.
1: Like, I don't, that's why I don't get involved with that bullshit. Like, is yeah, I it, read is, it. Is, am I <laughs> offending you for some reason? Yeah. Because it. Is it hitting a little too close to home? So you will It's something that you don't want to take ownership of. Like, well, I don't agree with that. Okay, that's a good argument then. If you yeah. don't agree with it, but don't Ooh. don't blast,
0: don't blast me and my family. Just stay away from that. Yeah. The, the four Fs of life: family, food, finance, and friends. Yeah, that's my box, my four corners. Stay that's the it. fuck away from them, because if not, we're gonna have issues. And I, I'm not a violent guy. I don't believe in violence. I think it's wrong. But I will talk to you. And we'll have a come to Jesus by sitting here. I don't need to raise my hands, by yeah. telling you when we get done talking, <laughs> you're going to realize we were talking. Yeah. Because the thing is, you, if we could get rid of that crap, that's what I call it, crap, out of society today, I think we'd be in better position. Like I said earlier, if you wake up in the morning and look in that mirror and you can't smile, smile. yourself, go to fuck back to bed and turn just around just and just try, try, it again. try again. And I had someone say to me, well, uh, what if you don't have time? Well, draw a smiley face in your mirror after you take your shower with all the condensation. Do that. And once you do and that. Do laugh, the- at yeah, and laugh at it. Yeah, laugh at it.